What are you doing out here? I'm doing stuff. Thanks. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stuff and Thangs podcast. I am Sam Jones, your co-host, and with me, as always, the bearded assassin, Alfie Adams. How you doing, my friend? Ho, ho, ho. The bearded assassin, and you come back with Five of Christmas. <laughs> well, wow, come on, that man. Puts a, that puts a whole new spin on things. Well, yeah, I mean, what, what else do you think I do the other 364 days of the year? <laughs> you really think I'm building toys? No. Now, there has got to be some way of writing a, a fiction of Father Christmas being a paid assassin 300 odd days a year. Yeah. But then that one day a year, he tries to wipe his slate clean. That's exactly delivering it. presents. Oh, yeah. wow. See, we've just written that ourselves. Whole concept. <laughs> if the people at AMC would like to get in touch, right. stuff and Fangs podcast. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah. how are things on your side of the great blue? Oh, man, we're starting to feel the, uh, the the Christmas crunch here, you know, family events and school programs and productions and shopping and yeah, yeah, it's good Keeping though. Busy. Yeah, yeah, but no, it's good. It's good. Um, and and I got to watch. I was up late, really late last night, watching my team just get destroyed on Monday Night Football. So, uh, well, uh, if, yeah, if I start yawning, forgive me, but it was a short night. So, so if you start yawning. It's not my fault. Is what we're trying to clarify right <laughs> off the bat. It would, no, it would never be your f- fault, Sam. I mean, it's not, not like you would ever drone on or anything. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I mean, this week we're talking episode eight, which is the mid-season finale. Yeah. Um, can you remember what it was called? Oh, crap. No, no actually, it wasn't I don't called know. that. Definitely <laughs> wasn't called Oh, crap. Uh, no, I don't off the top of my head. It was called Hearts Still Beating. Yes, that's it. That's I did it. my little mini cheer thing when I heard them say it in the episode. That's become yeah. my new tradition. Like, ah, he said it. Yep. Um, again, by myself. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. Oh, thank you. The we, have to, we have to have some lady listeners that, that could keep you company while watching. I, uh, I mean, so- I, I, I know that I know they you know love hearing your voice and you know uh, yeah with the cotton ball yeah I remember ah uh, come on come on uh no so um yeah I, I enjoyed the episode what do what did you think I loved it I I, I loved yeah. it if this was not what the general audience was looking for then they need to find a new show because it was it was really good do you think it was the better for the slow build towards it, or do you think it was just a good standalone episode regardless of what came before? Well, it was a good standalone episode, no doubt, but, um, you know, that slow build made, um, it really made that reunion at the end all that more powerful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, There were plenty of moments in there for the feels, for sure. Yeah, and I, you know, I get people's frustration, but honestly, if they just sped all of this up, I mean, what would we have for a show? I, I, you know, I mean, yeah. really, like, yeah, it was a little tough to watch it, but it's our binge watching attitude now of shows. I think is going to really, it's going to be interesting in the next five years how that affects everything. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, I think it's got to affect the way they write things. It um, does. Yeah, it has to. I, I watched the Marvel Netflix shows, uh, like Luke Cage and things like that, and I mean, they're, they're basically released all in one go, so you can binge watch them. Yeah, I, my my friend Chase is like, he's he's killing me to watch that stuff. I yeah. got to get on that. They're good shows, but you right. can tell they are written with it in mind that people are likely to watch one to two, three, four episodes in one sitting. Right. So, you know, whereas the episodic, there is a difference. You know, I can't quite put my finger on what that is, but there is definitely a difference to it. Mm-hmm. And I am wondering if more and more people, as time goes on, the, the sort of things that they kind of moan about with episodic TV is possibly around this. But but also, I mean, the, the thing I've seen is the fact that people say, look, I watched the season opener, I watched the mid-season finale, I watched the finale. Other than that, I don't really care about watching them live. I tend to binge watch to catch up, you know, miss a couple of weeks and watch a few in one go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that seems to be what most people are saying. And they're sort of, the general gripe I'm feeling is now after seven seasons, people are seeing that as a bit formulaic. They're seen mm. as, you know, big opening, nothing happens for six weeks, big mid-season, mm-hmm. nothing happens, big finale, and that's what people are kind of viewing it as. Yeah. Um, I guess, again, it greatly comes down to, or, you know, to the level you watch it, because I think uh, if you're a comic book fan of The Walking Dead, I think you would have loved the start of this this season, don't you? Um, well, yeah, to an extent that yeah, you would have seen I, a lot of what you'd seen on the page come to life. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, the only thing I've heard, um, and, I, and I've got a pretty good pulse on the comic community, they are not happy with the Negan <laughs> character. With um, which one, sorry? Negan. Really? Yeah, and it's not, um, and and, I mean, if I've seen this once, I've seen it a hundred times. They love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. They think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing exactly what he needs to do. It's just that that character, the character of Negan doesn't play well on TV, you know? Okay. Um, and it's it's the it's the caricature of it, you know, the the always bending his body and, you know, all of that. It, and and I see what they're saying. It does get a little old after a while. But, yeah. you know, I, what do you do in that situation? You're taking a comic book and putting it on TV. If you would have changed it and rewrote it, the comic yeah. fans would have been furious. So, I mean, it's, yeah. you can't win. But, no, um, you can't. I mean, the, the thing is, as well, same as anything, if you read the book first before you watch a film or a TV series based on the book, you build images in your mind. Now, with comic books, you are seeing images as well, a lot right, more vocally. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can sort of understand. And you're right, there is no winning in that, because if they'd looked at it themselves and gone, Do you know what, I don't think it works, let's change this, right. people would have been mad because they didn't get to see it. Right. Now they're getting to see it. They're making their minds up. They don't think it works, which, you know, the showrunners quite possibly saw themselves but thought, well, we're damned if we do, we're damned if we don't. Let's let's put it in at least at the start and then maybe phase it out. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll, we'll see. I, I mean, I, I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Negan is, I mean, to me, the big difference in, in the comics to this, and it's possibly just because when reading the comics, 
you're reading a comic, and this may sound a little bit daft, like they can be a bit more superhero-y, you know? Oh, it's not, yeah. It's almost like animated. You can almost accept a few more things, and you can kind of get your head around the comedy of what he's doing a little bit more. It's very difficult for me to see the comedy in the lines he's delivering in this sometimes, you know, when he's sat holding a baby and kind of being threatening or... Yeah, or something like that. Just seeing it real life, really acted. Some of it I don't think translates. Some of it does. Some of it's very funny. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, if you're happy, we'll uh, we'll dive into the episode and sort of go through it because there's there's quite, obviously quite a bit there. Roll on, my friend. Okay, so uh, season seven, episode eight, heart still beating. Uh, we have a cold open again. Uh, likely in the last couple of weeks, the cold open's been. Uh, used, well, basically the same as the episode, jumps around quite a lot. It kind of gives you an introduction to various characters at various points. Uh, we kick the episode off, um, and the episode is, in fact, bookended by Maggie. Um, so the episode begins with Maggie sitting by Glenn's grave, um, obviously emotional. We see she's been crying, uh, but Maggie, being the very strong character that she is, kind of, you see her you know, suck it up, and she goes and looks like she takes position to be a lookout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the leader of the hilltop approaches her. Um, he's his usual belligerent self, uh, really, but he does know her name now and does mm-hmm. know Sasha's name now. Um, he makes reference to them helping them a few days ago, so it kind of helps us with the timeline again that obviously all yeah. the episodes we're seeing are all happening as each other are happening. So this, mm-hmm. you know, only a few days have passed since the Saviour's left there with Jesus in the back. Right. Um, he He's eating an apple. Um, Maggie wants the apple. And a little bit of peer pressure from a, a member of the community reminding him that she's pregnant and he throws it up to her. Mm-hmm. She has a little bit of a, a smile on her face. It, it's pretty clear straight away in that scene that she is almost without firing a shot, if you like, kind of taking control yep. there. Or, or yep. the people are respecting her and are kind of looking at it and going, why are we following this guy? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. They did that really well. Yeah. You know, it, I, it I really lot, enjoyed that scene. A lot said without things needing to be said, yep. uh, which I always think is a mark of something that's very good. Um, we then jump from there and we see that uh, Negan is, uh, <laughs> he's basically shaving and it's a scene where he appears to be almost showing Carl how to shave, you know, like mm-hmm. acting like his father, mm-hmm. um, which was very strange. And then we see him cooking a meal in Rick's house. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, just just a very surreal scene. Um, we see Daryl is in his cell and obviously is still, uh, probably after what happened last time, is in two minds about whether he's going to try to escape or not, or perhaps he's being set up again. Right. Um, I think it was a very good illustration of how beat down he was mm-hmm. um, and how he wasn't trusting really of anything. You know, someone's given him this note and told him to go, but he doesn't trust it. Um, he's clearly nervous, but we do see that he, you know, he, he moves to the door and is going to escape. Uh, again, we jump again and we go back to Negan. Um, probably one of the funnier scenes. Negan's sitting down to dinner at Rick, in Rick's house. Yeah. Uh, it's a very surreal scene, really. Um, and it ends with the credits rolling just as Negan says, Carl, pass the rolls. Yeah. Please. Yes. 
uh, which was great. Um, I mean, we were just talking before we started going through the episode. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is doing a fantastic job. Um, oh, he's killing it, man. I mean, absolutely he's, great. Yeah. Do you think, because uh, we've talked about this over the last few podcasts about the direction of the Negan character from the comics. Do you think in the last two episodes we have seen enough that we it is possible they are going to try and follow the same direction? Because a lot of these scenes have almost been, although we, we know the dark side of the character, we know the brutality of the character, but a lot of the scenes we've almost been getting to see the humour of him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's almost like, okay, the guy's completely black heart he's evil but you know there is a slightly less evil side but he is still evil but they just seem to be trying to show that do you think that perhaps they are going to try and go the same direction or do you think perhaps it's a dipping the toe in the sea no i i I, i'm becoming more and more convinced every episode that they are going to follow the comics yeah yeah. Yep. Okay. No, Which I'm cool with. I'm I'm cool with that now because it's it's uh you know well, you're starting to see the character development for yep. everybody. Um yep. and, and the Negan character included. Okay. Yep. Um we, we get to see after the credits, um Spencer, uh Eugene, etc., they've returned to Alexandria to find that the, the saviors are there. Mm-hmm. Spencer in essence is flirting with one of the saviors. Um Ugh, yeah. That was kind of odd yeah um we do get the fun line where she asks eugene if he likes the watch and he replies yes, yes. Yeah. And, then, and then suddenly realizes he possibly shouldn't talk just leave right uh, a great throwback there um so we, but we jump again um my, my little gripe and i mentioned this to you is we do jump around a lot in this episode Mm-hmm. Um, when you're watching it and you're really focused on watching it and all the storylines are developing, you don't really notice. It's only when you've kind of written notes and you're then going to talk about it, you realize just how many scenes are from one to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, we see Carol. The uh, first time we've seen Carol in a while, um, she's in her little cottage. She seems quite settled. She looks out the, the window to see that Morgan has left what looks like a... a food parcel for on the doorstep and he's walking off. She, uh, she shouts to him. Uh, they have a brief conversation about Morgan. You know, I know you want to be left alone, but I want to make sure you have fresh food. Uh, Carol <laughs> opens the kitchen door to reveal there's a hell of a lot of food already been brought for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morgan kind of chuckles to himself and says, ah, Ezekiel's been, been to see you. Um, we then get another visitor, uh, the character whose name I cannot remember, but he's basically like Ezekiel's right-hand man, lieutenant. Yeah, He appears yeah, yeah, to be yeah, like yeah, the yeah, second yeah. in command. Yeah. Um, he wants to talk to them both. Um, yeah, it was kind of the neither of them were really expecting him to be there, and he kind of just shows up at the door. Uh, we, we jump from that, and we go to catch up with Rick and Aaron. Um Rick and Aaron are out on a supply run trying to find things for the saviors. Mm-hmm. They, as everyone will remember from the last episode, came across what they believe is going to be a supply cache, um, but it's very well protected. Oh, yeah. Um, I, this whole scene I thought was great. Oh, I thought yeah. it was different. I thought it was inventive. Um, there was a moment where I really thought we were going to lose Aaron. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is great in this show because I think me and you have talked a few times how we don't really see sudden deaths anymore <clears throat> because of that we've become a little bit jaded you know we always think people are going to survive but there was a moment I genuinely thought oh no we've lost Aaron and I quite liked Aaron yeah it was it was funny uh, it, during the watch party um when he went down, you know, I think a couple people were like, oh, my gosh, Aaron, you know, because I also, first I want to preface this. The Aaron character in this scene and, and it's been building up to it has really stepped up and I'm really liking the Aaron character. Uh, yeah. The whole dialogue with, you know, you can stay. No, you know, and all that. It's just he's yeah. really becoming a key character. But when yeah. he went down, a couple people were like, oh, no. And then someone who doesn't do spoilers, doesn't do any of that goes, no way. This show doesn't kill people like that anymore. And I was like, oh, dang. OK. Yeah. Well, well that's kind of sad. I mean, I, but at the same time, they were right. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, just to back up to that, how we started the show with, you know, binge watching and everything. Yeah. I think the writers might need to start looking at throwing in some mid season type yeah. stuff, you know, yeah. and, and we're getting so many characters now that I think they could do it. You know, well, I mean, we're obviously going to get to it at the end, but I mean, we do lose someone I wasn't expecting. One of the key things I want to say about the whole scene, um, okay. Rick and Aaron, but, but yeah, um, I mean, yeah, let, let's keep is, Yes, we kind of had the moment where Aaron goes in and stuff, but I was gripped for the whole thing because it was different. Yep. Um, you know, we didn't see, it wasn't like a herd, it wasn't the sort of things we've seen a few times before. Um, I know it must be really difficult for producers, showrunners, etc., to keep coming up with different but when it does come up with that, I think it does add a little bit something. And it would be good, like you said a minute ago, to not just reserve stuff like that to mid-season finales and and other things. You know, even if you, mm-hmm. you know, just throw some other stuff. Because I think even if you don't want to put character deaths in left, right and centre, which makes sense because you'd run out of characters to tell the story. Even if you don't want to do that, you could throw different things in every now and again, which I think the general audience might enjoy, or at least might capture the interest a little bit more. Uh, but right. Rick and Aaron, quite importantly, they do make it across. Um, Aaron basically dives under the water and out swims the walkers, which is good. Um, they both make it and have this kind of scene where they both just absolutely crash out on the sort of deck into this sort of barge boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, what is, is barge boat correct term for that there? Uh, houseboat, houseboat. houseboat. Okay. Yeah. Apologies. Apologies to everyone in the colonies. My fault. <laughs> um, so, but we jump again and we're with Daryl now and Daryl has escaped his cell. He is running away. He is sort of charging around. He hears a lot of saviors. I think there's a guy's having like a poker game or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ducks into a room and when he's in the room, he sees some clothes uh, he absolutely goes to town on some peanut butter, clearly oh my gosh, not eating yeah. a lot. Uh, that was quite funny. Um, he he gets changed. He angrily smashes a chessboard everywhere. There was significance to that, but I could not think what it was. So I was going to hoping you could fill me in. Well, I had thought that it was the toy soldier Yeah, that has showed up since the first encounter between Daryl and Dwight. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I thought I, I thought I thought I saw the the toy soldier 
carved toy soldier sitting on the chessboard. I, but I think you are right. I think that is what it was. So he might have been in Dwight's room, <laughs> which makes it funny, stealing his own clothes back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, what made me laugh in that is where he smashed the board. I think that's pretty much how every board game ever ended at Christmas in my house with my brothers. <laughs> was one of us absolutely <laughs> levering the board across the room and it just ended yeah. in tears. As I was the youngest, <sighs> typically mine. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, happy days. There's more work for my therapist. Um, so, yeah, Daryl is trying to escape. Um, it's clear from this scene that he isn't being set up this time. Um, right. At least I think it's clear from this scene. And he's trying to make it out. We're not sure yet. He is. I mean, the place is like a maze if you don't know where mm-hmm. you're going, uh, which obviously he's been led around a few times, but that's not going to be quite the same. Um, we now head back to catch up with Rick and Aaron again. Um, they are now leaving with the supplies. One of the key things when they arrived on the houseboat is they found a note where a guy basically drew the middle finger, uh, mm-hmm. basically saying, you got this far, you won, but did you really win? Mm-hmm. We never really explained what he means by that because all the supplies are there. Um, I think Rick mentions the only thing the guy ran out of was ammunition. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, I didn't quite, maybe there's going to be more to that, but, uh, that note obviously is quite important because obviously they, they throw that note in a box. Do you think they kept that note deliberately or do you think that they just got packed in with all the stuff and they didn't realize? I see. I don't know. I didn't catch them specifically putting it in the box. He, he basically, he's picking stuff up and he holds it and then he puts it back down and puts something on top of it. Okay. okay. But he does the, deli- it's one of those things that, I mean, I'd, I'd like to put a little bit of conjecture out there, a little bit of theory. Um, I, and I'm probably completely wrong. I wonder if he didn't do it on purpose to get a reaction. Um, because for me, a little, you know, a little bit of defiance from Aaron, you know, a little bit of, oh, was that note in there meant for you? But at the same time, I think Aaron was trying to get Rick to be Rick again. Mm. So my little theory is Aaron took that beating. And although everyone's saying Michonne got through to Rick, I actually think it was that beating to Aaron that brought Rick back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my that's my thing, throwing that out there. Well, I, the only thing, I wouldn't think that they would have known that their supplies would have been immediately gone through no, when they got back. No, no I, I know you're right. It just, for, oh, okay. for me, that would have been a nice way of doing it. But uh, okay. probably probably just thrown in there as an error. Um, and what a quite a bad error for, for mm. poor Aaron. Yeah, um, but it did it did allow him to bring back his point of heart still beating and all that stuff. So he, did, I mean, he did get to say the episode title again. Yeah, um, yeah. which got the mini cheer from me. Yeah, and I do think that in that scene we do see Rick, like I said, you know, back back to himself. So, um, but again, I've jumped ahead a little bit. When we see Rick and Aaron are putting the supplies in the back of the truck, mm-hmm. we see. Uh, like man, like the the camera kind of zooms out, and we see someone is watching them, mm-hmm. and we see a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. Um, from watching it, I immediately was just wondering: okay, they've really they've shown us these boots. Are they someone's we've seen before? 
Right. I, I racked my brain. I, I couldn't think of anything or anyone, you know, or any other time where emphasis has been put on that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, wondering who is watching them. Um, whoever is watching them, we do know follows them. So oh, we'll yeah. come back to that. Um, Michonne, we, we catch up with Michonne. Now, the last time we saw Michonne, she was doing some zombie apocalypse carjacking. And she took this lady and made the lady drive her to Negan. Mm-hmm. Um, Michonne's now trying to have a conversation with her. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but if someone's holding a gun to my head and a katana sword, I'm probably not going to be in the mood to really chat about the weather or anything. No. <laughs> or, you know, generally, we're not going to become bezies. Um, they, the, the lady actually drives her, um, it just stays silent, but Michonne just keeps babbling. And I, I actually wrote down here, I think Michonne's monologuing, <laughs> you know, she kind of starts talking about her plan, you know, right, right, like, right. Oh, I am going to kill everyone. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to end all of this. And I was just saying, awesome. why are you doing that? Um, so yeah, that, that seems kind of odd, but. Okay, uh, we had to catch up with Michonne so we knew where she was. Uh, we now head back to the hilltop. Again, like I said, when I'm reading this out, you can see just how much jumping about there is, but when you're watching it, you really don't see it. So yeah, I'm not, yeah. not going to be critical of that. I'm just saying it is. it's only when I read back my notes I really realized. <laughs> um, Maggie, Sasha, and Enid are basically having a conversation. Uh, Maggie has developed the full-blown pregnancy, bring me food or I'll eat you. Um, mm-hmm. she she starts to hammer down an apple pie to herself. She's offered a plate by Enid, but she refuses. She's just going to go to town on the bad boy. Mm-hmm. Um, one little line that's thrown in there, which I think is important, is the fact that Sasha says, "No, I didn't make it. Some of the hilltop people did as a thank you." Right. Um. So again, it's just showing us the support they've got. Also, Maggie's talking about things that need to be done, uh, stuff that Jesus needs to go out and find to help the community. Uh, Enid, I think, even jokes about President Maggie. Um, Yeah. Sasha says that Jesus left that morning. Enid immediately clocks onto that. As Maggie leaves the room to deal with something, Enid confronts her. Um, It's an interesting scene for two things. Obviously, Enid picks up on the fact that Sasha's lying. Uh, Sasha doesn't tell Enid the truth, but obviously does admit she's lying and just says Maggie can't be told. But in this scene, we see Enid, for me anyway, kind of hints that she knows of other communities, or at least one other community. Did you pick up on that as well? No, I I completely missed that. Well, basically, she, she says, or at least she tries to say on a few occasions, but we're not alone. There are more people. Sasha keeps kind of shutting her down along the lines of um, she thinks she's hinting at, you know, the two or three of them that there are. The way I read the scene was actually Enid was trying to come forward with something. She seemed almost hesitant to say it, but at the same time was there. So, Mm -hmm. again, I want to throw another theory out for you. Okay, okay. How do you feel about Enid? We, We know the origin story of Enid, her parents, and then she was on her own for a while. And then she just sort of wound up at Alexandria. I've said for quite some time that I felt there was something more to her. I thought she was a spy for quite a while. Mm-hmm. I've now conceded she's not. If she turns out to be a spy, then I never conceded it and I was right all along. <clears throat> <laughs> but I'm wondering if perhaps she was actually a part of one of the other communities, perhaps the community of all the women and children, 
um, mm. that Negan ran through before. Yeah. Um, she escaped from that. You know, they all went off to the woods, but she kind of ended up at Alexandria. Um, just something. I, I just think in that scene, if, if you get a chance to rewatch it, um, uh, if you've got a DVR or anything, just mm-hmm. go and have a quick look and let me know what you think. Okay. And that goes for anyone listening. Um, we go to Carol and Morgan. And again, I've written question mark. I can't think of the guy's name. Um, yeah. I'm going to just refer to him as Ezekiel's lieutenant for now. Yep. Um, basically, not, a, not a Spanish name? No, <laughs> Ezekiel, no. Um, <laughs> Le, Lieutenant Dante, no. <laughs> I've got to stop doing that. Um, yeah, he, he's not a bromigo. Okay. So they basically talk about the saviors. Uh, Carolyn Morgan, obviously completely unaware of what's happened um, back with their own group. When they left, you know, they took out the radar station, but that was kind of the extent they knew or they were about to. Um, he's talking about the fact that Ezekiel made this deal with the saviors, but he knows they're going to go back on it. Um, he doesn't really go into the detail of why he knows. I mean, we know as the audience that he's completely correct. At some mm-hmm. point, they'll want more or something will go wrong and, you know, people right. are going to get killed. Right. Um, he's probably talking to Carol at the worst possible time. If you'd been talking to season three, Carol, you know, she'd have gone Rambo and gone over there herself mm-hmm. and just started taking saviors out. Uh, but right now, Carol's trying to turn over a new leaf. I think trying to find herself. She kind of just wants to be left alone. And she does make that clear on a number of occasions. <clears throat> yeah. She uh, calls including right now. Yeah. Yeah. She called uh, Morgan back. Yeah. And, so weird. And then Morgan, Morgan is obviously, as we know, the, the Kung Fu uh, master of walking the earth. Everything is Zen. I will not kill uh, <laughs> unless I have to. And sometimes I have to, but I don't want to. Uh, so again, we got two characters. This poor guy, you know, he he's basically hoping that they'll be the strength and talk with him to go to Ezekiel. Um, we get to see him... Uh, in a, to me, a little bit of a strange scene because it didn't seem to go anywhere, but I'm guessing it was just to show his frustration. Um, he's got like a caravan hidden away in the woods. Uh, he goes there, uh, this lieutenant guy, and just basically has a break, breaks down. You know, he's upset, right. he's angry, right. uh, frustrated. You know, he, he just obviously <clears throat> can see this going badly soon mm-hmm. and just wants someone to speak up with him because he, he's afraid. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's all I could take from that scene. Uh, did you pick up anything else? No, that was about it. Yeah. I mean, other okay. than he has a you know a hideout, and how dumb is it to rip down your sign that makes great camouflage when you go in it to have your breakdown? But you know, yeah. other than that, yeah. Um, no, I know. Um, so I did write down a question at this point for you. Um, do you think Carol and Morgan's answer would be different if they knew the fates of Glenn and Abraham? Uh, Morgan's maybe not Carol's. Um, Do you think Carol is that far, you know, because I mean, she's known Glenn, uh, you know, we're talking before Rick knew Glenn. mm -hmm. So I don't know, man. I I don't know that I got to be honest. I think the Carol storyline is really tired. 
Really? I mean, we've I, already seen her. I know, but it's the same thing. Just go I, away. <laughs> either, yeah, either go off and kill yourself or get killed or get with the program, lady, because it's, it's getting played out. That's just me. I've seen quite know? a lot of speculation that we could actually be losing her because in the comics, obviously, she's long gone. Right. Um, and apparently in the comics, she was kind of seeing dead people as alive. Okay. Now, I, I've not read those issues, if they if they are, but I, I was following on a, a blog that someone writes, and basically he was saying that the the start, the opener to this season, she's doing that. So they think that might be a precursor to her kind of losing her mind a bit, and that would be her end. What a... Yeah. What a crappy send off if they go that, that would way. Would be a crappy send off. Not like getting a gut check. Um, ah. Oh yeah, I've got plenty of those for later. <sighs> uh, okay. We jump from we jump from that and we catch up Rosita talking to Father Gabriel. Um, Father Gabriel for me for the second week in a row uh, absolutely nails the scene. Oh my um, gosh! Yeah. And delivers just this brilliant. Um, He's become a really great character because mm-hmm. he, he is a man of faith and he is embracing the world as it is, but mm-hmm. trying to trying to basically move forward. He, out of everybody, ironically, is probably Rick's biggest supporter right now because I think he's recognized what it's taken for Rick to bow down and to become submissive and... He is, in essence, swallowing his pride and everything, all of his pain, just mm-hmm. to keep people safe. Mm-hmm. And I think for that, Gabriel seeing him in a whole new light, perhaps. Mm. And he is very strong and tells Rosita, you know, don't do this because we need you. If you do this now, you'll be killed. There will be a time. And if there isn't a time, we will make a time. But it isn't now. Um I think he does a really great job. I, I really thought he got through to her as well. Um, we, we later see he doesn't, but I thought he did. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I, I love every bit of this scene. Yeah. Um, we see, uh, we, we kind of jump quite a bit coming up now. We, we see Daryl is trying to find his way out still. It's, it's another scene where he's basically working his way through the maze to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really go anywhere other than just we get to see him again. So we just kind of catch, catch up with him. We then get to see Spencer's back at Alexandra. He's cleaned up his house. He's cleaned himself up and he's preparing how he's going to say hello to Negan. Which I thought, just, I thought, I thought for an instant, this was a flashback. I thought that as well. Cause he, okay. the house, the house changed and it looked like he was, he was seeing himself years ago. Yeah. Or something walk across yeah. the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. Um, but yeah, no, he's actually looking himself in the mirror, you know, trying to be able to go and speak to Negan. He takes a bottle with him. Um, we, we then jump straight back to Daryl. Daryl is now out into some sort of courtyard. He looks around. He realizes again, there's not a group waiting for him this time. And he makes his way to one of the bikes. He then runs into uh, a savior we've spoke to a few times, or we've seen a few times. Fat Joey. Uh, Fat Joey. Um, he, he basically sees Daryl and immediately panics. Uh, this is the savior's equivalent of Eugene, I think. 
um, <laughs> has an absolute meltdown and panic. You know, hey, the door's there, man. You just go. You know, right, right. Uh, Daryl absolutely snaps. Um, yeah. he basically takes out all of his rage on put this poor guy's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, he kills him. Uh, smashes him. Awful. Uh, Jesus appears. Um, <laughs> when I say that, I just got this image of you know. Jesus appearing on the guy's shoulder like that was bad, Daryl. <laughs> okay. You know, like the cartoons when we yeah, were kids. The, the, yes, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, sorry. Jesus appears basically like Daryl. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, um, I think in that scene we now know that it's Jesus helping Daryl escape. Is that fair to say? That's that's correct. I don't know. Or is Jesus just there and runs into Daryl like, hey? <laughs> I yeah, was looking for you because I mean it's evident that. Daryl had the key to his motorcycle, right? And that, yeah, that's true. I, I, I thought he found it when he got there. No, I, mean, I, I could be wrong. See, I think when he's handed that note at, at the end of the last episode, yeah, and I thought this thought then, I thought it was his motorcycle key. And if, and if someone had unlocked his door, then so were you thinking it was Dwight? That's my theory. Okay. Uh, it'd be interesting because it's Dwight who's going to absolutely cop for it for him escaping. Mm-hmm. You, you'd imagine, anyway, unless he's managed to pin it on somebody else. Fat Joey. Uh, yeah, poor, poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, Daryl and Jesus jump on a motorbike and mosey on out of town. Um, ah. Now, we've got Michonne again. Michonne's still in the car, and the lady basically parks the car at the top of a hill, and what looks to be a big herd of walkers at the bottom of the hill the woman sort of makes it clear she's not driving her to the saviors and she says i'm negan we're all negan mm-hmm. um it was a bit of a strange scene i mean both of the scenes with michelle and this woman were a bit strange but i'm guessing it was just to illustrate even the saviors are that afraid of negan um you know she obviously worked out in her mind if I drive Michonne to the sanctuary, I'm dead too. Mm-hmm. Do you think that as well? I mean, yeah, it was no, almost it was... like a, and the woman basically says to Michonne, you know, you've got the gun. There's a silencer in the glove box. Do it. I never, right. I never thought that would happen, but it did. Yeah. I, I, I didn't at all think that was the direction it was going. Nope. Uh, so Michonne just cold as ice kills her and takes the car and drives off. Um, yeah, genuinely didn't see that coming. No. Um, but like I said, it was a strange couple of scenes. I'm guessing it was just, again, to illustrate just how how afraid people are of what mm-hmm. Negan would do um, mm-hmm. for what he deems as failure. Um, we, we have Spencer. Uh, Rick is returned, obviously. Aaron, Rick and Aaron are back. Um, we've seen Aaron take this almighty beat down because they find the note with the middle finger and assume that it's them. Well, I don't think they really care. Uh, the guys are getting in Rick's face again, um, and you kind of see again a great performance by Andrew Lincoln where he shows that you still got that look, the Rick Grimes look of stuff's about to happen, but then mm. he backs down, he, he stops himself, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was brilliant, uh, very well acted. Um, Spencer's talking to Negan. They're having a drink, sitting out on Rick's porch, which is just weird. Um, and they talk about uh, playing pool. 
he talks about the fact there is a pool table. Uh, Negan wants the pool table brought outside because it's such a nice day. Um, and they start having a game of pool. Uh, I knew what was coming from the comics, and obviously uh-huh. we've discussed in spoiler sections, we kind of knew what was coming for this. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really well done. Mm. Uh, Spencer, uh, the actor who played Spencer did a great job and I watched him on The Talking Dead and he even described the character as a complete douche himself, which was right, kind, right. Of, kind of good to see. Right. Um, I mean, Spencer was that, you know, he, he just basically had no uh, backbone, really. Uh, he was trying to get Negan to kill Rick. Um, yeah. Negan actually sums the things up pretty well. I mean, he sums up the fact that Rick is... You know, what was he? I think he uses a line along the lines of, although I like the way you're looking at me much more than I enjoy the sideways <laughs> look I get, yeah. from, get from Rick, where, you know, he absolutely hates me. Um, he said, you know, Rick's out there swallowing his pride, swallowing that pain to make sure you're all safe. You know, that's, yeah. that's what a leader does. Um, he then does what, as I said earlier, gives Spencer a gut check. Uh, yeah. He basically says, you've got no guts, and takes a massive knife and rips him open, and Spencer's guts all come out. Oh. Negan, of course, then makes it clear, well, I was wrong, there are your guts. Yeah. Um, so awesome. He delivers a line. It was great, uh, visually very good, uh, very well acted by all involved. We then see Rosita snap. Um, Rosita. Rosita Senorita tries to kill Negan. She draws her gun and fires. Um, we hear the shot. Uh, Rick is helping. Um, you know, Rick is trying to help Aaron. Right. And he hears the shot, and obviously panic ensues. Rosita actually hits Lucille. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of a, a very lucky or unlucky shot, depending on your point of view. Mm, yeah. Um. She's tackled to the ground, and Negan absolutely freaks out, as you probably would if someone tries to shoot you in the oh, face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I, again, and suspense of disbelief, in this moment, I genuinely thought perhaps we were going to see someone get Lucille'd. Yeah, um, yeah. When he, when he, the camera angle, when he, he takes the bat, says, Lucille, give me strength. Part of me thought we were going to lose... Just, just a random Alexandrian, you know, just someone who we've seen a few times, not necessarily a character who talks. <laughs> right. I just thought we were going to see somebody die. I didn't think he was going to kill Rosita, not so much because I don't think they killed the character off, but more because I think the way Negan's mind works, you just did that, so your punishment is I'm going to kill somebody else. Right. Uh, similar to like with Daryl and Glenn. Mm-hmm. Um, and horribly, someone is killed. Um, the the lovely lady who, who Negan insulted terribly the week before um, and had been looking after Judith, uh, kept the inventory for the guns, even though that really didn't help, uh, right. is shot in the face. Yeah. Bye-bye, Olivia. I, I didn't see that coming, to be honest with you. Um, in that scene, I realized I, th- I thought someone was going to die, but I didn't. I didn't see that coming. So she stood next to Carl. She obviously drops. Uh, Carl, you know, clearly thinks she's still alive because you can get shot in the head and survive. Yeah. And you're Carl. Um, so Carl's just like, come on, get up. It's easy. Right. What's your um, problem? 
But yeah, but unfortunately, she's one of the unlucky ones who gets shot in the head, and she's died. Mm-hmm. Um, Negan is going crazy, but one of the things he picks up on very quickly is this bullet. You know, they cleared out the ammunition, they cleared out the guns, and he looks at the bullet and realizes this is not, you know, not a shop bolt bullet. Right. Um, I'm not a big munitions expert. I don't know how easy that would be to tell. I don't know. Would you, do you know? Uh, see, yeah. I, th- um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Here, a lot of gun enthusiasts, um, basically repack their bullets for a lack yeah. of, but I can't think of the proper term, but you take spent casings. Yeah. And remake them into a bullet. And I thought that that's what Eugene was doing was well, yeah, using spent she casings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if that's the case, you can't tell because it's, it's, it's been it, fired. So, right. Yeah, and it's, I, and it's a, it originally was a bulk casing because to try to make proper ammo, uh, yeah, I, I don't. I didn't buy that just from yeah. what I know about guns, but I went along with okay. it anyway. Just yeah, yeah, no, uh, same as me. I, I was just for me. I, I generally don't know enough about it to know whether you could tell. So, um, so basically, Negan wants to know who made the bullet. Uh, Rosita tries to take the blame. He's not buying that. Uh, she has her face cut as a as a kind of punishment. Um, he asks again, makes it clear that people are going to, you know, more people are going to be getting killed. Right. Um, he, he actually keeps going, Eugene steps up, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, he wasn't the first one though. Who, who else stepped up? Someone else did. Oh crap. Who was it? Um, can't think of her name. She had a whole episode dedicated Tara, to her. Tara, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, she stepped up first, but then immediately Eugene said no. Right. Uh, he's shaking, absolutely quivering his boots. He thinks he's going to be killed. Negan listens to him babble for a moment and just says, look, I believe you that it was you. Negan's decided rather than killing him, he's going to take him away. Um, what do you think the motivation is behind that? Do you think it's because he recognizes this is a guy who could actually make me bullets? Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Do you think in this moment that Eugene maybe ascended to level three? I think he possibly did. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that he was willing to give up his life for the others, mm-hmm. um, I think in that moment he would have believed and most people would believe that he was going to be killed for it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a massive, massive step for his character. Yeah. You know, massive, massive step. Um, we see Negan is going to take Eugene. Um, Rick is now there on the scene. Um, he basically tells Negan to leave and he does tell him as well. He doesn't sort of say please or doesn't say right. thank you. Like Negan's asking. He tells him the stuff's at the gates, now leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Negan actually does it. Um, he doesn't hang around much. He does deliver another one of his speeches along the lines of, you should be thanking me. I've just yeah. taken away two mouths to feed and things yeah. like that. Uh, and one of them looks like they made one <laughs> hell of a dent. Yeah, you know, He just can't walk away from dropping uh, a line or two. Um, he, 
Rick, uh, Negan's leaving. Rick now kills the reanimated Spencer. I think he kills him with a little bit of anger as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there seemed to be a little bit more in that knife to the head than there usually is for a walker from Rick. Right. Um, and, and that's how the scene ends. Uh, I think there's a, a commercial thrown in here, or at least there was here. Yeah, I think um, so. And when we come back, we have Rick in the cell that Morgan made. Yep. As someone who's read this section of the comics, that was quite poignant for me, mm-hmm. where he is. Um, he's got his hatchet, and he's got the note with the middle finger. Now, is that confirmed that it's the note with the middle finger? Yes. Okay. What What did you think it was? Well, I needed to go back and rewatch it to, to, to see if that was indeed what it was. Because uh, I had a theory... Uh, floating around in my head, but I don't want to get into it if that's confirmed. Then. Oh, okay, well, I mean, only confirmed as much as I thought the drawing of the middle finger was pretty clear on it. Okay. I mean, I, I'm going to go back now, but... Well, okay. no, the only the only thing is, is, you know, oh, so with Eugene gone, they can find guns, but they can't find ammo, so what's the solution? Well, before, at the end of season six... Eugene handed Rick the instructions on how to make bullets. He did. And, you're right. Yeah. And I was wondering if that's what he was looking at. Yeah. No, that's, that's a fair point. That'd be interesting. I will look back, but I was fairly confident it was. You're probably the, right. Yeah, you're probably right. Uh, they probably didn't do anything that deep. So Michonne arrives and basically starts to plead with Rick to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick, I think. Uh, a lot of people were saying that, you know, the talking dead, that they think Michonne got through to him. I actually think Rick had already made the decision. I think he had to, I think with Aaron, um, he had made it. Yeah. I, I think this is what him being alone in that room almost was. This was him sort of composing himself ready to say enough's enough. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt that watching, um, Aaron get the beating was what did it for me. Yeah. And yep. the, the way Aaron was talking to him, you know, yep. the, the conversations they were having. Um, but yeah, Michonne speaks to him and, and he agrees, you know, he, he says, yeah, you know, you're, you're right. Yeah. Enough's enough. Um, we head back to the hilltop. Now I said, right at the start, we were bookended this episode. Maggie, again, she's sitting by Glenn's grave. Mm-hmm. She again walks to the top of the tower to be on lookout. This time she see, you know, she has a big smile. Um, she obviously recognizes people coming. The gates open and we see it's our group. Uh, we have yep. a great embrace between Maggie and Rick, um, which is really good to see because in the comics there's a real conflict between them, and I'm really mm-hmm. glad they didn't do that because yeah. I never enjoyed that in the comics. Um, we see the the guys basically reunited. Enid's there, Sasha's there. Uh, Sasha and um, Senorita Rosita even have a moment <laughs> of kind of mutual respect. Right. Um and we also have the the moment that hit the feels oh, for yeah. everybody. The brothers in arms reunited. <laughs> the glitter fairies themselves. <laughs> Daryl and Rick. Um, yeah. Daryl and Rick. Uh, brilliant scene. Um, yeah. It's very... Well, what's funny, though, if you watch it back, because I was so into it at the time, Rick's basically hugging Maggie... And Maggie's just lost Glenn. It's the first time he's right, seen her. The right. baby's okay. He right. basically pushes her away to get the Daryl, yeah. uh, which is just great. That's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. The baby's fine. Move out of my way. Um, Daryl's yeah. here. Uh, they have this great moment. They don't really need to speak. They just have this great moment. Yeah. Um, 
And then Daryl hands Rick his hand cannon, is what I've written here. <laughs> the python. Yeah. Uh, earlier in the episode, and the reason why I didn't pick, the reason why I never said it at the time, I never picked up that that was Rick's gun that Daryl picked up. Did you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he when he got oh, it from okay. Fat Joey, yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, there's a python. Smashed, when he smashed poor, poor Joey's head in, I saw he picked up a gun, but I was so into everything that was going on i never picked up on what it was until he handed it over and then all of a sudden i had this kind of oh wow that's what it was yeah i did find it a little odd that they would let that negan would let rick's weapon end up with a lackey yeah Yeah. it all greatly depends on whether he sees any significance and stuff like that really no well i would think he does with his attachment to lucille yeah, that's a very fair point. And then, you know, the whole hatchet comments and all that, you know, I mean, he he does seem to take interest in a man's weapons. <laughs> glad, I'm glad you said weapons and plural because <laughs> uh, that could have had a different connotation. Uh, um, but just, just for this scene, it was great. I mean, Daryl yeah. handing Rick that gun and... Everyone kind of does this collective look at each other. Everyone's kind of taking the breath. Uh, the music's, you know, hitting all the right notes, mm-hmm. so to speak. And we see Rick holster the weapon walking towards that. It was kind of like a real, this is Rick Grimes. He is right. back moment. Right. Um, you know, if I, I'd almost give out a cheer at that moment. Like, finally, yep. here we go. Um, and that's when the credits hit. Yeah. Um, so I was, you know, I was going to grab myself a drink, you know, ready to ready to message oh, you my five you word or that, you. Sam. And there was a post credit scene. Mm-hmm. This guy again, the one we saw earlier, watching Rick has followed them back to Alexandria, and we now see him in a tree spying this, on Father this Gabriel. Person. Yeah, and that's a very good point. Apologies, this person, um, because I do think this person walks like a lady. Oh, hey. Yeah, uh, which okay. I could be really insulting to some guy by doing that, but I'm just going to go with it. Perhaps if the boots are on too tight. Um, but yeah, uh, we see this person jump down from the tree and sort of make their way off. And that's how we end season seven, part A. Um, I think the mid-season finale was great. I think it had everything it needed. Um, the one thing I'd say is getting there was a little bit painful at times. Um but I am delighted that we've with this episode we are turning the corner. Yeah. Um and we can now start to see a different side to everything, you know, a a, a fight back if you mm-hmm. like, uh, or at least at least a little bit of hope thrown in there with each episode. Yeah. Um do you have any theory out there at all for who this person is stalking them? Do you think it's a member of a group we've seen or perhaps a member I, of something we've not I seen? I have a theory, but I don't want to get into that until the spoiler section. Okay, okay. But so. just to say, do you think it's from a group we've seen so far or from something new? I think it's from a new group. Okay, all right, great. Um, well, in that case, I mean, if if you're happy, nothing else to say. I mean, we'll we'll kind of wrap this and then we'll move into the spoiler section. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, let's just wrap this up. Um, you know, uh, subscribe, rate us, review, find us on Facebook, stuff and things. Um, we will be taking a Christmas time break. We're going to try to do one uh, episode halfway between the mid-season finale and the return. So sometime in January, we'll do a 
Q&A listener question episode again. That was a lot of fun. And then we will do another episode before it starts with a look ahead, go over some spoilers, recap, all that good fun stuff. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, keep to the Facebook page. It's Stuff and Fangs podcast. Look us up. We'll be posting on that for a while. I mean, silly memes to, to just general discussion points. Um, so yeah, just, just keep to that and you'll know, you'll know when the next one's going to drop and obviously we'll be wishing everyone a very merry Walker Christmas soon. Yep. Um, okay. So, uh, for anyone who is listening for the first time, thank you very much for anyone who's listening every week. Thank you ever so much. And apologies in advance for boring you by saying this every week. Uh, we finished the podcast with a spoiler section. This is obviously completely optional, whereas the first part's compulsory. You have to listen. Um, <laughs> we, if you're not interested in spoilers at all, we obviously have discussions around the comic books and discussions around theories that are out there on the internet. But also we do have uh, various places that we've gone and they've been pretty accurate, um, sort of nigh on 99% accurate. So if you're not interested in that at all, then obviously now's the time to switch off. Uh, I will take the opportunity to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry um, Christmas. And we'll issue the spoiler warning now in five, four, three, two, one. We are in the spoiler section. Alfie, what you got? Okay, so the person in the boots is Daryl's other brother, Jim Bob. <laughs> nah, just kidding. Sorry. That'd be great. Yeah, right. Jiminy Bob. Yeah, yeah. He's just—he's <laughs> never mentioned him before, <laughs> right? Because yeah, because right. him and Merle didn't get on. Yeah. No, no. Uh, so the person in the boots—if uh, our longtime listeners, when we did um, the look ahead and we went through synopsis and some spoilery stuff. We talked about a set that people had captured with a drone that's being filmed at a junkyard. Yeah, uh, I remember that. That's, that group has been nicknamed by the spoiled community the Garbage Pail Kids. So they will now be referred to as the Garbage Pail Kids from here on out. So um, it's it's not confirmed, but it's highly believed that the person in the boots is one of the garbage pail kids and kind of some more connecting the dots that really confirms this, uh, in episode, uh, nine, we have, uh, Rick and Michonne are out on their own. And then episode 10 is when the garbage pail kids appear and, People that were on set that day were at that set were Rick and Michonne and Father Gabriel. And so since the last scene we saw was the boot person spying on Father Gabriel, we assume that he takes them to their headquarters, whether it's voluntarily or kidnapped. We have no idea. But just the way that the filming plays out with people on set with Father Gabriel suddenly not being with Rick and then suddenly being at the Garbage Pail Kid location. Yeah. It, it, it just, the, the, the dots connect that that's the Garbage Pail Kids. Now the okay. question is, they put out a casting call that was for a guy or a girl. The, the role was not defined. 
Oh, okay. So obviously not a comic book character. Well, now, 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 maybe. Um, okay. So when that scene was shot with the boots, they had not even put this uh, casting call out yet. So that's why there's you know no more descriptor than oh, okay. that. Um, but there is a group from the comics that would kind of be around this time a little later, actually, but not enough that they couldn't rework it. That's a small little group of people that the Alexandrians take in. And the leader is a girl named Magna. And there's some people speculating that, um, that this garbage pail kids could be that same group. But that that's okay. really speculation. That's not at all. We're talking about the garbage pail kids. I mean, is it a group of kids, or is this just the nickname given to this group? No, it's it's just a nickname for them being oh, okay. in a junkyard. Did you guys have garbage pail kids over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Okay. I just wasn't sure if the kids part was relevant no, to no, no. Okay, no. all right. Okay, well, I mean, that's interesting because and, I mean, if that is another new group potentially, I know even if it's just a small one. Then the words Jesus used when he said the Rick right at the start, you know, your world's about to get a lot bigger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's really proven to be true. Yeah. And I think with I think they're actually um, painting the saviors to be bigger in the TV show than they were in the comics. Yeah, that, that does seem because the preview of 7B, there's even a line from Rick. Uh, where he basically says, you know, they've got various places, bases, they've got the numbers by a long way. Mm-hmm. They are really big. And I mean, in every scene where we've got to see, and also the sheer size of the oh, sanctuary. Yeah. Well, that um, shot with Michonne and that girl on the top of that hill in the, in the Jeep, you know, where you can't even see the sanctuary yet. No. There's just an intersection that's blocked off, and it was a ton of people there. Was that not walkers? I thought that was a herd. Oh, I thought it was like a checkpoint. Oh, okay. Now, I, I thought it was like a herd herd wall, you know, like they've done before. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe it was. I don't know. I, I just thought it was a checkpoint. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong, man. You could be completely right. I mean, it's just from the distance and the angle, I don't, I don't think they showed us clearly what it was. I mean, she does say, I'm Negan, they're all Negan. So perhaps mm-hmm. you're right. Perhaps perhaps it was just a big group of guys. Perhaps it was um, another Jesus on the roof. <laughs> that I completely missed, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so I mean, from a theory point of view then, I mean, that sounds pretty locked down. That sounds pretty much, I mean, obviously it's still theory, but it sounds like yeah. we're going to be seeing a character from a new group. Hopefully not ridiculously hostile because that would be a bad suck um anything else out there at the moment looking ahead or should we dive into that when we do a show later yeah no there's not too much else that we haven't talked about it at at some point in time okay um yeah i think we're good man oh well in that case i will i wish anyone who stayed on for the spoiler section a very merry christmas and a happy new year and from myself and Alfie, we will speak to you next year. Feliz Navidad. That's a wrap. Are you coming back soon? How long? We need you now more than ever. <laughs>